swivel. Hey everyone, we're back. I hope you had an awesome break and maybe even took some tips from our holiday survival guide to make it through. I just want to say a quick thank you so much for all of our support that we've had in 2022. In just shy of 11 weeks, we had over 3,000 listens. Mind-blowing! Next week, we officially launch our new series with a new co-host, some new team members and some amazing guests. I cannot wait for all of you to hear it. But first, we wanted to bring you an interview that we recorded last year. This was an amazing chat we recorded with Erin, who you might know from Instagram as little.lulu.love. Erin is one of the strongest mothers I know and goes above and beyond for her daughter, Luella, who suffers from a catastrophic form of epilepsy. Erin shares Luella's story on Instagram and her decision to do so hasn't always come easy. On top of that, she has also just given birth to a second child, which comes with a whole new set of challenges. Since recording this episode, I must note Erin and Luella's situations have changed and we wish Erin and Luella the biggest love and strength through the journey they are embarking on. To be updated on their journey, please head over to Erin's socials, which we will share after the episode, and you can also find them on our website. The strength and love Erin has for her daughter and family is truly unlike I've seen before. She is Luella's biggest support, advocate, and hero in my eyes. She puts every second into researching what is the best thing for Luella and their family, what is the right resources, and most importantly, what is the best foot stepping forward. I love doing the episode with Erin. She keeps it real, is super vulnerable, and I feel very privileged to have had her trust me with a bit of her story. I hope you enjoy it as much as we have enjoyed putting it together. You'll also hear our original on-air producer, Lauren, in the mix. And of course, she's now had her second baby and is taking a well-earned break. Let's get into it. Welcome, my love. It's very nice to have you here. And just for our listeners, can you briefly explain what Luella suffers from? Sure. So Luella suffers from a very rare and catastrophic form of epilepsy. It's called infantile spasms, but it's also known as West syndrome. And the stats on how many children are diagnosed in Australia are actually kept quite thin. But in America, for example, only about 3,000 children a year are diagnosed. So it's considered pretty, pretty rare. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really bizarre. And can you explain like, how does that affect you and your family? Like having Luella, having these seizures and having her unwell. Yeah, the seizures are are brutal, to be quite honest. She was diagnosed very young, which, you know, at only 11 weeks of age, she was diagnosed. So that's considered very early onset for this type of epilepsy. I mean, her epilepsy has evolved and we can talk about that. But, you know, her original diagnosis of infantile spasms are very small jerks. They kind of look like really small jolts almost, okay. where the arms fly out to the sides and the knees crunch up. There's a lot of eye deviation as well involved. So I guess how it's affected us has been really brutal in the sense that I didn't really know anything about epilepsy. I didn't know a lot about it. And I assumed that we would find seizure freedom and seizure relief with medication, with an anti-epileptic. Yeah. Unfortunately, Luella has tried and tested about 15 and the doctors also can't find a cause for her epilepsy so she's left seizing 
all day, every day, and it is absolutely barbaric to watch, to watch your child suffer and there's nothing you can do and all you can do is sit there and watch and do your best to comfort them. I can't imagine. It's the only neurological disorder that I know of that causes pain and harm that we don't know why she has it, we don't know why we can't control it. Is there a reason for that? Is there a reason why they can't find what it is? They Doctors assume that her brain didn't form properly in utero. So structurally, yeah. her brain is not complete. So all those tiny little folds that you see in the brain, yeah. they assume that some of those are either maybe too wide or too narrow, which interrupts the neuropathways and the messages through the brain in order for it to send messages to other parts of the body. So it's constantly in seizure status, basically. Wow. Oh, that'd be so hard, Erin. Yeah. it's And let me be clear, Luella is not a problem. No. But epilepsy, absolutely. It is. Yeah. And this is what I wanted to bring you on for because you have such a huge social presence and you have been very candid with Luella's journey and your journey as a mother. Our episode is about mum guilt and I felt like you would be the perfect guest for this episode because you've just had a beautiful little boy that's come on her and also I've had personal conversations with you and you've also had quite a bit of negative feedback as well like on social media yeah. too with sharing Luella's story and we'll dive into that a bit more but why did you decide to share your journey on social media? Like yeah. what has sharing your story given you? That's a really good question. Yeah. So I guess the reason I started to share is actually quite late in the piece. She had already been diagnosed for eight months before I kind of made it public. Behind closed doors, we were really fighting an uphill battle and still are. And I just yeah. wasn't able, comfortable, you know, there's so much guilt oddly, that comes with this, even though I know there's nothing I could have done differently. But there's an element of oddly <laughs> shame, but not shame of her. It's shame of, well, what happened? Why did this happen? What did I do? What will people think? What are they going to say? How are they going to treat us? Like there's all of this kind of head noise that comes with a diagnosis like this from a social perspective. And I really went to ground and really shut off. But then I kind of went, <laughs> this isn't working. Yeah. You know, people are kind of saying, well, where are you? Or I was losing people as well because I had shut people out and it, it was just time. And the only way I could, the only way that felt good was to share. And it just became really cathartic for me. Yeah. I love it because you are very candid. Yeah. And I guess also in that eight months, I kept coming across other parents in similar shoes, not necessarily the same. And all I kept hearing was, you know, how amazing their life was and what a gift it was to have a child with a disability. And, you know, it's taught them so much and they look through lenses differently this time now and all of this kind of really, in my humble opinion, glorified way of, of looking at it. And it's not to say that there's no joy, but Watching my daughter suffer is not a gift. No, it's not joyous. And I think I just, I really didn't know much about epilepsy. I discovered that most of my family and friends knew nothing about epilepsy. You know, it's the world's most common 
neurological disorder, you know, more than Parkinson's, more than cerebral palsy, it's the most common, but no one knows anything about it. And I just felt it was time to kind of shine a light on the condition and share what I knew, share what I was experiencing in order to educate in some way and make people aware that this condition exists and it is horrific. There is no other word for it. It is absolutely horrific. I've been following you personally for such a long time, even before Made for Mums, even before Mummy Village, and I've seen Luella grown in the time and I personally think you sharing your story is so beautiful and how raw and candid you are and I think Luella is so lucky to have you. Thank you. You are a huge advocate for her and she is so beautiful. Like she's just a doll. And, you know, you mentioning the guilt and the shame, can we touch on that? Like what does mum guilt look like for you? Like what, what, how does it present itself? Yeah. How does it affect you? The guilt is so multifaceted and it it looks really different on different days and even different in different hours of the day, but it's evolved. It's different. So it's not that it's not there now. It's now that like any mum that would be transitioning from, you know, one child to two or two to however many, you know, it's learning how to divide your time and split yourself, which just feels impossible. It's hard for every parent. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's also, you know, there's an element of guilt in the fact that I know Tom will be a typically developing child. I just know. And leaning into that and really enjoying those moments with him that I haven't had with Luella. Yeah. It's this, it's this, you know, balancing of, I really love this and I really enjoy this, but then it's kind of layered with this sadness of, why didn't I get that with Luella? Mm. Will I ever have that with Luella, irrespective of her age? And trying to allow myself the joy with Tom mm. because I didn't yeah. have that. But then in the, in the same breath, you know, my daughter can drop to the floor and have a seizure in a second and you feel guilty for enjoying that time with your other child. It's this really mm. strange. Um, double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. I'm kind of like straddling two worlds and... It's really yeah. hard to to stay upright and balanced and not lean more to one side or the other. And this sort of leads into like another question I had for you because you've talked before on your Instagram about feeling a loss of self for the person that you were before Luella's yep. diagnosis and also a sense of loss for the future. How are you dealing with those feelings now? Because that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty huge to share. Yeah, I I still battle with those feelings. You know, I see a therapist to help talk through a lot of that. And not too long ago, I did start taking an antidepressant because, you know, this new life has elements of major depression because our life is not even remotely close to now what it was before epilepsy came in and stole so much from us, including our daughter. It it steals, it robs us of her, of the life that we thought we'd have. And that I think has been has been really hard to digest for me because when you fall pregnant and you think you're going to have a family, well, for me, not once did I consider that I would end up having a child with a disability. It did not even cross my mind. Yeah. It, it, and it mm. does then. Why would it? I mean, you, you don't go in thinking that that would happen. And no, you have two healthy people. That's right. No family history. 
you know, well, oddly, my grandmother did have epilepsy, she, but she was diagnosed quite late in life. But, you know, with all the mm. testing that we've done, we've been told that there is no link and we've done yeah. the highest level of genetic testing you can do, the highest, every, every possible test we can possibly do, we've done. And there's no link to my grandmother. But it's odd that she did have it. And it's like there was maybe a message there. You know, if I look at it more from a bird's eye view now, it's interesting that she did have that and now my daughter has it. And, yeah, it's uncanny in that sense. You also mentioned that sharing on social media was cathartic for you, but are there are there moments where it is hard to be open about what's going on? There is and there isn't. I mean, I write a lot down that I don't share because some of it is yeah. really quite dark. I mean, a lot of my posts are in some ways really sad Mm. and a lot of parents have shared in in Mm. similar shoes have shared with me that they've had to, you know, originally they followed, but they've had to unfollow at times and, you know, they've come back again and we've reconnected, but it's been really heavy for them to kind of, I think I say what a lot of people think in my shoes that aren't able to say it. I think I call a spade a bit of a spade and it's not for everybody that doesn't mean that everyone thinks the way I think and I'm not implying that they do but I think there's moments there where they can resonate with what I said at some point on a journey with a medically complex child and I know this because other mums tell me they say to me privately you know what you wrote today it just you know you just read my mind I can totally relate to that now I guess I'm more of an emotive person so I tend not to hide my feelings. So it feels yeah. right for me to be able to, I guess, regurgitate what is going on inside my head and my heart and my soul and how that all fits and feels together. And putting pen to paper, so to speak, allows mm. me a freedom of some of those thoughts. Now, yeah. some people consider that I should just keep it to myself and maybe, you know, sometimes, you know, fine. No, I don't think you should. It's your platform. You can bloody do what you want. Yeah. I think I'm just, like I said earlier, I kind of got sick of all of these books about how amazing this life is Mm. with a medically complex child. I got really, really sick of reading that because I was not experiencing that. That was not my experience. All I was seeing and all I still see is my daughter suffering. So I don't know how to make this amazing. Because what she endures and then what we endure because of epilepsy, like I wouldn't, I've said this before, but I honestly wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It is just awful. So I just kind of wanted to call it out. And I mean, for some people, that's how they cope. And they just, they just need to see the bright side of everything and that makes them okay. And I totally respect that mindset. For me, it's probably the opposite. Mm. Because pretending like I'm fine and everything is okay and that we are okay and that our life is okay and that my daughter is okay is a lie. And I can't lie about that. Yeah. I've got a saying that like you're as sick as your own lives. Totally. That's why I've been so candid too. And look, to touch on everything that you're saying, like for a parent who doesn't have a complex child, a lot of what you just shared is parenting like, you know, I, I loved what you, what you had said. And I really resonated with what you said that like, you know, your life hasn't been the same since epilepsy came. And, you know, it's like parenting for me was all glorified and amazing and incredible, but I really struggled mentally 
Yeah. When I had Georgia. And I remember thinking, this is fucks. Yeah. Like, this is so fucking hard. And yeah. this is not yeah. fun. And it's not glorified. And no one told me about reflux and, and witching hour and all these things that you're probably experiencing with Tom now, with your second. But I'm listening to you and I'm going back to my time when I had Georgia and how challenging and hard it was. And then I'm putting Luella's condition on top of that. And I'm thinking, yeah, like I've got goosebumps all over my body because coming from someone with not a complex child, it, it does. It just changes everything. It doesn't take away or minimize, you know, our issues or what I've gone through. But, you know, Luella has a very complex epilepsy. It's not just like what you, like you had explained, like you thought that it was going to be epilepsy, it'd be medicated, and Bob's your uncle, we're all going to move on and we're going to learn to live with it. But this has really robbed your experience of a relationship with your daughter. Absolutely it has. You know? It's robbed parts of my marriage. It's robbed parts of my extended yeah. family. It's robbed parts yeah. of, yeah, the experience of what I would have with my daughter. And it will continue to do those things while it remains uncontrolled and we don't have seizure freedom, but it's unlikely that we ever will. So, you know, the, the, there is, and, I, and I think that that is the difference for us and the epilepsy that Luella has. There is no end in such. There is no, if we do this, you know, we'll be okay because it's not just going to go away. The options that are left now as far as finding treatment options are very small. They're very risky and it, it doesn't mean a silver bullet and every, and the, she will never be a typically developing child is what I'm trying to get at. She will always have disabilities. So we will have disability in our life forever. She will most likely never leave home. She will be with us until the day we die. And then what happens? I don't know. I'm so sorry, Erin. It's, it's just one of those things that is incredibly difficult to hear. But what would you say to people like us listening to your story? Like what would you, because one thing I have always struggled with is like, what would you prefer for us to say when you are telling your story? Because obviously you would probably hear that, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that and this, that and the other. And I imagine that gets old pretty quick. Yeah. But <laughs> like what, what advice would you give to people like us? In um, Yeah. I think getting curious and asking questions is tell me yeah. more about that. What does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? You know, can you explain that a little bit further to me if you're genuinely interested in wanting to know more? As far as, I guess, like condolences go, um, you mm. know, there, in my opinion, there is an element of loss. You know, there is a death. There's several deaths. There's loss, mm. like I said before, of, of who I am and who I was. We evolve as women as we become mothers and that, I guess, natural in part of that evolution. But when you're stripped of what you thought it might be, it, it's very different. So I guess, you know, instead of I'm so sorry, sometimes I just want someone to say that is shit. Yeah, and it's fucked. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. can't believe something so awful exists and it is so unfair because it really yeah. is. Why not you? Why not your children? Why not the person across the road? I mean, yeah. that's right. I don't. And yeah. we'll never know. That's something we'll never know the answer to. Yeah. No, we'll never know. Yeah. But I think, and I think this probably goes with any parent in similar shoes as me, is getting curious 
because, not because you're being nosy. Like I've had people yeah. be a bit gossipy. They want to know or they want to come and see Luella to see what, what she's like. And it's what? Yeah. And it's a little Are bit. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Is that like the weirdest thing ever? I find it odd. They kind of want to get a glimpse. That is really bizarre. Like how bad she is or how behind she is or how disabled she is or what she oh lacks. God, Erin. And it, and it, they don't say that, but I can just tell. As, as a mum, you can just, you just get this vibe that they're not is, there yeah. because they genuinely care. It's a bit of a spectacle and it's awful. I mean, Luella's epilepsy is considered a silent disability because you can't actually see it unless someone might have a particular type of seizure in front of you. Um, Whereas other disabilities, you know, they're more visible. Some of them are more visible than others. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that is also the challenge with epilepsy that to a lot of people, if I'm in a shop at a supermarket and someone just says to her, hello, you know, it's lovely, but she does not respond the way that they would expect a child of her age. And then they kind of take a bit of a back step and they're like, oh, what's going on there? And you can just see their minds tick over. And All I right. guess, you know, it's it's a part of it. But, yeah, some people face-to-face that I've known, it's more of a, a gossip thing. So what I'm trying to get at is if you're genuinely asking parents or a mum, just put yourself in her, her shoes. I mean, how would you want to be asked or treated in that moment when you – you know that woman is suffering. You know that child is potentially having a very challenging time. I mean, not all not all people feel like me. So it's a very hard question in some ways to answer because everyone wants something different. Yeah. It's a bit like love language, yeah. you know? What, yeah. What, yeah. what fills my cup, what fills someone else's? So I think maybe just asking, what what can I do for you? Or, yeah, even, for you. or even better, ask their partner. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a mum, if someone says to me, Erin, what can I do for you? I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. Like, I'm good. Like, you know, don't worry. Yeah. But if you went through Dave, he'd be like, Erin is desperate for a massage or a facial or a okay. get a nails done. Or a blow whatever, dry. Whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. Or she really just needs a girl's night. Like maybe you could take her out for a glass of champagne. I mean, yeah. everyone's yeah. needs are different. So I think sometimes going to the partner is the best way to get inside, you know, mum's head because she's never going to tell you those things because she doesn't want to be a burden. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. That's a good 100%. answer. And can we go back quickly to Instagram and social media and some of the negative the negativity that you've copped with Luella's, you know, sharing her story, sharing your story as a parent, like what what have mainly, you know, they what have they been like and how have they affected you, if they have affected you? They used to affect me. I do still get them. Yeah. I do get them. I mean, I'm very lucky that the community mm-hmm. we have there are absolutely beautiful human beings. I feel so privileged that they would want to engage with my beautiful daughter and me as a byproduct mm-hmm. of that. I feel very fortunate that there's so much love coming our way. Mm-hmm. So it's a very small yeah. percentage of people. In the past, I probably didn't say much. I'd, I'd, it would hurt, but Dave's advice would always be to just leave it and move on. I think as time has gone on, I've 
become a little bit more vocal back sometimes if I felt it's really inappropriate. Interestingly, it mainly comes from other parents who have children with disabilities. And I never thought that would happen. It's really strange. You know, I've had one parent where, so the only treatment option left for Luella is major brain surgery. And I was okay. speaking to a parent who, whose child has also had that surgery. Very different diagnosis, but the same surgery. And I shared with them private medical information about Luella in confidence. And they then shared that publicly, which was just so yeah. out of order. I mean, you, anything anyone says to me is confidential. It's confidential. Especially when it comes to their children. I would never, Absolutely. ever breach someone's trust like that. It's just, it's not okay and it's inappropriate and it's not someone else's business to tell. It's my business or it's the parent's business. Mm. But when I, when I use the word disability, I think that's when I get the most feedback, if you like, (laughs) because, you know, disability has such a wide umbrella. It's so vast and one person's experience with disability is very different to mine and will always be, and how I handle it and how I cope with Luella's disabilities will never be the same as someone else's experience. And I think people forget Mm. that, that even if as a mother, you connected with me, your child had the same diagnosis, the same prognosis, the same everything, your, their experience will still be different to mine and vice versa. Absolutely. Mm. And I think people just need to remember that, that just because and they minimize one way. Yeah, I mean, just because they're skipping with rainbows down the street and life is great for them. I mean, I take my hat off to them. That's amazing. I'm so glad they've got to that place. I'm just not there yet. Mm. But I think people have and a hard okay with that. Mm. They have a mm. hard time with me not being okay. Is that, you know, like a piece of advice that you would give to parents of medically complex children just to remind themselves you know, that everyone's experience is different? Or is there any other advice that you would give to parents of medically complex children? I think, I mean, I can really only speak on behalf of epilepsy, I guess. When it comes to epilepsy, yeah, my advice is, I mean, everyone's just doing their best. Now, if you feel the way, what am I trying to say? I'm very very inarticulately trying to say that, yeah. Just be be yourself. Just be candid. (laughs) Reminding others that, yes, my experience is not yours is something that I have to tell people frequently. And people often misconstrue my words when I I might share certain things. Like someone said to me the other day, oh, you seem to resent Luella. I saw that. And I went, okay, maybe you haven't been around for a long time. Maybe you're new here. Maybe you haven't read everything that's fine but I felt it was a really kind of obnoxious statement to make yeah when you don't actually know me and that's a yeah. with, where social media is tricky because people have these platforms and I think used the right way they can be amazing yeah and obviously you know you, like myself you you expose a part of yourself and you leave it open to judgment and that's fine yeah. I'm okay with people having their own opinion. It's how they go about it. I guess and if I, I disagree with someone's post, I just don't feel the need to have a go at them. Or do anything. I would probably just unfollow and move on and 
go, okay, mm. that's just not for me. Whereas people sometimes take it so personally and it is really surprising that it, um, it some of what I share is quite triggering for a lot of people and it, I, I don't do that intentionally to upset people ever because these are my feelings, this is my experience, this is my journey. I was just going to ask you, like I know how much you struggle and, you know, you are very raw and real on your social media and that's what I love about you. But what are the things you do to let go, to give yourself some grace and to just step away for five minutes to go, okay, this is my time and I'm allowed to have this time because, you know, things are quite fucked. What what do you do to let go? Because I'll, I don't know I'll what be, I would do. I'd be like, I need to go yeah. to the Bahamas for a week, but then I'd have guilt oh. for that. And then I'd be like, I oh. need to go there. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. What do like, you do? My biggest release would be running, which I don't get to do a lot of. Exercise yeah. is a big one for me. It's a, a massive outlet, as is most exercise, but I just don't get to do it enough. But to be honest, at the moment, there's just not a lot of space. For that. Bella needs full-time care. We do have a support worker to help us now, which is amazing. So it is allowing me a little bit more freedom. So I am, you know, not having to basically stay at home with her all day, every day, like I have been for the last three years. So I'm trying to give myself space to see more friends, to do more dinners. And look, it might just be one a month, not even maybe, but there really isn't a lot of space for much else. If I'm being really honest right now, I think it'll, once Tom maybe is a little bit more mobile and a little bit older and he's maybe obviously not so, I shouldn't say reliant, but not so little. That will but he's create reliant on you. He's a baby. Yeah, that's right. Like, I mean, he's only, you know, three months old, so there's that's still right. a way to Of course. But I wish, I wish there was so many more things I could do, but also the ocean is a big one for me. Um, okay. Yeah, it's my thing. Yeah, I really miss that I was a beach girl through and through and you know we can't really take Luella to the beach it's hard to get her down there and yeah. you know she can't be out in the sun for too long she can't overheat with the seizures so I really really miss the ocean and the beach that's my happy place so I try to get there a lot in summer yeah yeah I guess you just have to do what you can <laughs> yeah definitely. when you can yeah yeah all right well yeah. thank you so much Erin for taking this time with us today and just yeah explaining Luella's condition as well as yeah how you were coping with that we appreciate your honesty really so welcome thank you so much for having me I so appreciate your time and yeah listening I'm so happy you came on yeah and I'm even more excited to you know keep watching your journey and see how you know how Tom grows and you know how things evolve for you guys but you do have a huge support network and yeah we're really happy to be a part of that thank Mm -hmm. you and I'm so grateful that you are I'm I I really love our community there so I really appreciate everyone that is part of it it means a lot to me um Erin I was just going to ask as well if we want to direct people to learn more about epilepsy or Luella's condition where's the best resource to go for that because I think we had penciled in just to tell our readers to yeah go to Epilepsy Action Australia, but I'm yes. not sure if that's the best one. They would be my go-to. We are ambassadors for Epilepsy oh, Action Australia and we, we raise money for them. So yes, they would be the go-to. And also there's a lot of things on YouTube as well, which are really, really interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm very much about Googling. I'm very yeah. much about knowledge is power. I'm, oh, yeah, and that's how I advocate because I learn. Yeah. 
and I try to get an understanding of everything, you know, as much as I can without a medical degree. And I think every parent in a similar shoot shoes should, and I encourage them to do that with their yeah. medically complex children. And like so, you said, uh, even people like us, you know, we should yeah. get curious too. So. Yeah, absolutely. And even I think following other journeys on Instagram, you know, there's a lot of kids yeah. out there that, you know, I mention every now and again with parent permission and things like that, that are following mm-hmm. their pages and seeing what their journeys are like, which are always going to be, like we've mentioned throughout, are going to be very different. So that you can, yeah, people can get a, a, a broader understanding of what really happens in real life mm-hmm. when things you know don't go how you expect them. And if mm-hmm. people want to follow your journey and, you know, they've resonated with what you've spoken of today, where can they find you? Well, we're on Instagram. Our handle is little.lulu.love. There will be a website, which was supposed to be done this year, but then, you know, we had Tom. So there will be more of a resource page to come. Yeah, it's very much a work in progress still. But I'll get there eventually. We'll keep a lookout. So. <laughs> and once that's done, we'll share it on our community too. It's called the Lulu Love Project. Yeah, it's great. a non-for-profit that. that I've started in honour of Luella. So we will continue to raise money for epilepsy and families that need it, which we've just done. Last year we raised 65000 I've just raised wow. another thirty. So yeah, it's you're amazing. It's nice to give back, so people mm. can check everything out there once it's officially launched. That's awesome. Right. You have to let us know. Yeah, I will keep us for sure. Keep us posted. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you want to learn more about Erin and Luella, head over to their Insta at little.lulu.love and we will also have a list of additional resources on our website and blog at mummyvillage.co or follow the link in our bio on Instagram at mummyvillagepod. If you have any questions at all, please send us a DM. We'd love to connect with you. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favourite listening app to keep up to date when we launch our next episode. If you love the show, please take a moment to rate and review it as it really helps others find our show and that's what we're all about. Building this mummy village, building a village in general. I'm Jaden and you've been listening to the Mummy Village podcast. Remember, we love you and it's okay to skip pages in the bedtime story as long as it all makes sense in the end. Swivel. 